uh, over the course of this offseason. It had been rather quiet. Things had been kind of understated. We knew there was some stuff that was going to happen. Steven Stamkos had to land somewhere. There had been rumors of other things. There had been rumors that something might happen at the draft. That never took place. But then all of a sudden, in literally in about half an hour, three enormous events in the NHL take place, creating this just incredible buzz around hockey. And one of the other things about this that I I find really interesting is we are in a different world now, clearly, with social media. And when this stuff starts happening, if you are someone who goes on Twitter, if you're someone who follows social media, my goodness, the, the capacity to be able to handle tweets was heavily tested today. I mean, it went bonkers. And I, if you don't follow Twitter, if you don't know what Twitter is, that's fine. But I'm just saying there were thousands. You couldn't refresh fast enough, and there would be dozens more that came in on, on all these. Because not only did a lot happen, but my goodness, were they didn't just have three big events. They were three divisive, controversial, passion-inducing events that people were having a lot to say on including, I'm guessing, my next guest. He couldn't be here on Monday. I took the night off on Monday to go to my son's high school graduation. As I told you, Don Robertson is usually here on Monday. Uh, So because he missed us so badly not being able to be in studio, we thought, let's bring him in on Wednesday just to make his week better, Uh, but also because he knows a thing or two about hockey, and he joins me now. Don, how are you tonight? I'm great, Scott. So have you called to talk about the real McCoy trade I'm working on? Is that what you did? Oh, is it, do you have a real McCoy trade you're working on? Yeah, but I can't, we can't leak it yet. It's a bad day to leak anything. I, I would, yeah, I would suggest that this would be a poor day to be trying to put out some hockey news. It might slightly get <laughs> overshadowed, just a little, oh, maybe. Oh, that might be that might be the most exciting 35 minutes since what was it, 1988, when Gretzky went to LA. Yeah, and when that happened, I mean that was that was certainly in that ballpark, but that was one one event. As I say, I, I was joking a moment ago, but it was almost like they all called each other and said, "Okay, you ready? Three, two, one, go! Let's just overwhelm everybody with three big trades that are three big things happening here." Let's start with the first one. The first thing we hear about when this thing starts to happen is that Edmonton trades Taylor Hall. Their First, I believe, of their series of four first overall draft picks, and probably the best of those four first overall draft picks. They trade him to New Jersey for a defenseman named Adam Larson, a guy who's not well-known, a guy who's not an offensive producer, and a guy who, when this trade was announced, there were people in Edmonton, Don, who um, probably the liquor stores were cleared out of much of their product because people wanted to go home and just drink. They were PO'd when they heard this in Edmonton. I think it's fair to say that if Edmonton were getting rid of Taylor Hall, the bar was set a little bit higher than Larson, who is allegedly, according to Shirelli, has tremendous potential. Taylor Hall doesn't have potential. He's the real deal. Yeah, one of the best. I I just don't get that trade. I I mean, it's going to be—it's going to be. It's like a draft pick. It's going to be a year or two before you find out what you got. But 
boy, I mean, that's uh, a trade like that's career limiting. But he's also not just a guy who's marked as having potential rather than being ready. But Don, he's also shockingly to me because again, I didn't know much about him. He's got a big ticket contract. He's got six years at six million per, five million per, something like that. So he's he's being paid like a star, even though he hasn't arrived there yet. Well, I and. and New Jersey, notoriously, when Lamorella was there, built their team around goaltending and defense. So either the philosophy's changed, they've slipped into a coma, uh, and, and by trading what could be the next great defenseman, and I don't think they have. I mean, I, I think that's a slam dunk. Sam Pollock, as you hear me say regularly, says the, the team that gets the best player wins the trade. So New Jersey wins that trade. Yeah, and down. And and as I said a moment ago, the shocking part about it was I, I don't think there's any doubt that in most people's minds that Edmonton was looking. At, I mean, they had said they were looking for a defenseman, and they have these four guys. They've got t- the Taylor Hall, Nugent Hopkins, Eberle, uh, uh, Yakupov, who all were guys who were drafted really early, and you figured one of them was going to be moved. But of those four guys, Taylor Hall is the best player. So you would have to think that if you're going to trade Taylor Hall out of that group, you're getting a star player back. Well, it, it's a coincidence, but if you're going to trade Taylor Hall, then you expect to get Weber or, or Subban, I would think. Now, it, both those teams traded. We'll talk about that in a minute, I'm sure. They both needed, you know, they couldn't give up that much defense and not get defense back, but that's the, that's the ilk of the guy that you would expect to get for Taylor Hall. Like a proven all-star defenseman. Well, and that's the funny thing, too, then, is because now, okay, you're in Edmonton, you're an Edmonton fan, you're an Oilers fan, you've been suffering now for years, your team finally decides to pull the trigger on a trade, and you're waiting, okay, who are we getting for Hall? And it's and it's no, Adam Larson, and you go, uh-huh, and then five minutes later, ten minutes later, the news breaks that P.K. Subban and Shea Weber have been traded, and I have to believe, before we get to the nuts and bolts of that one, I got to believe that half the people in Edmonton, 90% of the people in Edmonton who had been choking on their coffee a moment before now say, wait a second, you're telling me Weber or, or uh, Subban were actually available? Because that's now, the part that's going to drive them nuts. That those guys, well, now, the, now the coffee's coming right out their nose. Yeah, now, because it w- if you couldn't, if, if Subban stayed with his team or Weber stayed with his team or whatever, you go, well, there was nobody available. They were clearly available. And you've given away your best, arguably your best forward, other than Connor McDavid, and you didn't get one of those, as you say, one of those star players back. That, that to me, was the real shocking part of it. Well, the real, the reality of it is, Scott, is that both those teams can't give up that much defense for Taylor Hall, or they don't have any defense, or they don't have enough left. Well, Nashville does. Nashville's got now. They gave up on Seth Jones a couple of years ago but, uh, to get Ryan Johansson, but they've still got a bunch of defensemen. They could have probably done it to get another really top forward. Montreal, I, I think you're probably right. Although Montreal was desperate for a really good forward as well, because last year they they had a lot of trouble scoring goals. Yeah, I I, I think what. Um uh, what, what probably did did the other deal was the fact that they were getting defense for defense, and and uh, but to, but New Jersey, I mean, to give up a prospect, literally a prospect, I could see, I could see giving up Yakupov, who everybody says hasn't reached their potential yet, who's a who's a, you know a real favorite of the owner, but you know, so if you're giving up potential for potential, you do it, be right. 
to give up a bona fide star for a guy that hasn't even had one big year yet in the National Hockey League, I'm going, wow. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's had one big game. I mean, I'm sure he has, but, but well, I mean. Look at, look at, Shirelli's not nuts, and the others have got some, you know, some competent scouts there that, you know, can do a job. So somebody's taking a look at him, but I'll guarantee you there's a lot of scotch and uh, being shaken over rocks tonight by some NHL GMs going, wow, I'd like to have had a piece of that if we could have. You say, you know, they talked to everybody, Scott, they talked to everybody. I mean, I'm sure. Uh, you and I, you and I heard Subban was available, so I'm, I'm sure Edmonton knew. You said, though, Shirelli's not nuts, and we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And, and for those who don't know, Shirelli's the general manager of the Oilers. Shirelli has now traded Tyler Sagan, who was the second overall pick in the year that Taylor Hall was the first overall pick. He's traded the first two picks, both guys who were all-stars, and he's traded both of them away. Sagan, when he was with the Bruins, who has gone on to be a huge star in Dallas, and now Hall, who was a really, really good player in Edmonton and probably will now take another step, you got to believe. Well, and and, and uh, I don't know. Don't discount. Don't discount uh, he, he had the cojones to, get, to trade Phil Kessel, who, was a, who arguably could have won the Calder Cup this year. Not the Calder Cup, the um, Conn Smythe, Smythe Trophy. No, I, I I know what you're saying. It's it, it's really interesting. I mean, you you said a moment ago this is career limiting. If this thing blows up in Shirelli's face, you you could be very well right because you know it's it's you can't give away players like that and get nothing back. You just can't. But anyway, we move along because now Montreal trades PK Subban to Shea Weber. Now you know Nashville. I've talked to Ryan Ellis on this show. Uh, really good guy. Really good defenseman in Nashville. Speaks very highly of the fan base in Nashville says it's actually a really good hockey market. It's it's not Montreal though. And no, so they built it. They've, they've built it and it's a positive place and there, and there's good things to say about it for sure. But when the news breaks that PK Subban has been traded, holy moly, people in Montreal lost their minds, Don. I mean, it was a, is that a surprise to you because they got a good player back, but PK Subban seems to be that guy that is so polarizing, you either really can't stand him or you absolutely love him, and most fans in Montreal seem to be in the latter group. Well, I I was going to say if you're if you're clearly the fans are far bigger fans of Subban than the manager and the coach are, because the rumor has been out there. There's a reason. I mean, you know, Subban played in Hamilton for the Bulldogs. There 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 is a reason that Subban isn't on Canada's team at the World Cup this fall, right? And he's missed a couple star performances. So there's but as far as exciting, I mean, he's, I mean, if you're on the bench coaching him, he pulls off a couple of those spinoramas and some of the stuff he does. He's big on risk reward and very good at it, by the way. More often than not, he, he you know, the decision he makes is exciting and, but it can also be exposing. But there's, I don't know, but we're going to find out that there's a long story behind this. I, I just, but when you, but obviously, it speaks to how good P.K. Subban is when you get Shane Weber for him, Are, who's a real quality defenseman, the captain of the Nashville Predators. You know, boy, you're getting a real good soldier there and a great citizen. But the fans, I mean, that's not a knock on Weber, but, boy, the, the, the Habs management are going to take some heat, just like Sorelli is. Are you surprised, though, that it appears that – the general manager, uh, Bergevin, and the head coach, Michel Therrien, it sounds like they, that Therrien won. 
because there we knew that he and and uh, Subban didn't always get along, or at least that was the reports that there were some difficulties with between the head coach and the star player. Are you surprised the head coach actually won that one? Usually they don't. Yes, I am. Usually they don't. And you know when you know when you know when you can figure out he won it when he didn't get canned. At the end of the year, yeah, yep. yeah, no, no, and and you know what I mean. You can that, blame all you want on Kerry Kerry Price, and and they're no good without him. But boy, that I mean that that had tie the can to him written all over it the last forty games, and then he comes out keeps his job. So something's going on there. I mean, Subban's gone, and he keeps his job. Wow. All right, so then we get to Steve Stamkos. We just got a minute or so left here. We get to Steve Stamkos, a guy who was rumored. I mean, for months now, Don, we've heard he's coming to the Leafs. He's going to the Sabres, who are going to dump million, tens of millions of dollars on him, or maybe the Red Wings. We go through this whole process. He actually apparently was in Toronto today or yesterday meeting with MLSE. And after all this buildup, he goes back and, and signs the contract, apparently, that Tampa had had on the table for him for months. Are, are you surprised that it ended this way? I think, Scott, that he may well have given up $75 million. So I really, it's going to be really interesting to see what that Tampa deal totally involves. I think it works out. Your math will be better than mine. $8.5 million a year. Rumors were Buffalo would pay him $12 million. When he came to Toronto, I understand that John Tory was at the dinner. The president of Canadian Tire and some other CEOs of companies talking about endorsement deals. Yeah, they're not there. They're not there talking about hockey. They're talking about what money can you make on the side. Right. So when you look at that, and if that in fact is true, and the source I got was pretty impeccable, you know what? He gave up maybe seventy-five million dollars. Now the only thing he's got going for him is the fact that there's no state um, income tax in Florida, and perhaps the weather's a little better. Yeah. Let me you know, let me no read. Pressure. He can go. I mean, I, I walked off a patio to do the interview. He could, he could have been in Florida. He can sit on the same patio as me, and nobody knows anybody. Let me read you something, Don, from the Toronto Star today, uh, talking about the taxes. Um, because of the fifty-three point three percent combined federal provincial tax rate, the Leafs would have had to offer him twelve point three seven million dollars annually. That's U.S. over seven years to net the same as he'd make over eight years at $8.5 million in Tampa. So you're talking almost 50% more for him to have the same take-home pay. That's, that's If you're a player who's actually coming down to leaving the endorsements aside, that's a pretty compelling argument. And, and he knows he'd be the centerpiece, right? If he signs in Toronto, he is on all the billboards, he's on all the newspapers. I mean, he is the man, and he's going to have to live with that. And, you know, it comes down to personal choice to a certain certain extent and the other thing you have to think about tampa went to the conference finals they're close they're close have you checked the Leafs lately <laughs> they're doing i mean they're building well but boy i'm pretty sure 30th didn't get them to the conference finals no so it, it may well have been a hockey decision yeah, no. There, well, there's a lot of things, and, and we are we're out of time. It it was it was an absolutely epic afternoon for that half an hour. I don't know how the free agent day is going to top this. I don't know how anything can top this. Honestly, off the ice, um, but a lot of fun to be talking about real. The best part about this, Don, it was real hockey trades as opposed to just financial ones through the day today, and that's unusual. One for one, Scott, and I'll tell you what uh, Stamkos did. He made uh, Lucic and a whole bunch of other guys a whole bunch of money because there's a lot of money floating around out there now that, that uh, c- can be spent. 
and at least Stamkos gave them 24 hours or you know 12 hours to to reset their sites. Don, appreciate it. Got to run. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Scott.